The Creep Show Chronicles contains graphic and disturbing content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Creep Show Chronicles, the podcast where we discuss murder, the macabre, and all the spooky shit. I'm Sam. And I'm Ashley. Now grab your weed, your wine, or some coffee, and let's get creepy. So, um, hopefully we don't have any more technical difficulties, because that right? was fucking weird, but right. how are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Beautiful day. It is. Don't tell Mother Nature that winter's in a month, because I don't want her to know. <laughs> She'll know, right? She'll know. But yes. What are we what? talking about today? We are talking about the Silent Twins. Okay. They are June and Jennifer Gibbons. They were identical twins, born in April 11th, 1963. And they grew up in Wales. Like? Like Wales. Like Europe. Wales. <laughs> <laughs> like Wales. <laughs> That's what like Anthony Hopkins is from Wales. Mm. Wales. <laughs> guess, guess fun fact. Guess what the loudest animal in the world is? Whales. Sperm whale. You think it's because of the ah. Because ah. of the ah. <laughs> What the fuck? Because of the ah. All right. Oh See, I don't like who made up that. Who gave that whale that name? I don't know. Oh, you're gonna be a sperm whale. <laughs> but whale sperm is measured in hundreds of gallons. Like I don't know why they measure it, but they are measuring it. And I saw why? a TikTok. This kid was like, "Why are you touching sperm semen? <laughs> you sickos!" This kid was like, "Wait, so the like the way that the you know the cycle goes like the ocean water turns into clouds, turns into rain, and is like." Little kid saying out in the rain, like, Mommy, Mommy, ah, catching rain in her mouth. He's like, Cassie, no, kids, do not eat the rain. Don't eat the rain. There's sperm in it. There's sperm rain coming down on your head. <laughs> they became known as the Silent Twins since they only communicated with each other. They wrote works of fiction. Both women were admitted to Broadmoor Hospital where they were held for 11 years. Okay. June and Jennifer were the daughters of Caribbean immigrants Gloria and Aubrey Gibbons. The Gibbons family moved from Barbados to the United Kingdom in the early 1960s as a part of the Windrush generation. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Didn't know that. Gloria was a housewife and Aubrey worked at as a technician for the Royal Air Force. The couple also had three other children. Greta was born in 1957, and David was born in 1959, and Rosie was born in 1967. Hmm. Okay. Right. In 1960, Aubrey went to stay with a relative in Coventry and soon qualified as a staff staff technician. Gloria followed with Greta and David several months later. The twins were born on 11th April 1963 at a military hospital in Aden, Yemen, where their father had been deployed. Okay. The family soon relocated first to England and in 1974 to Haverfordwest, Wales. The twin sisters were inseparable in their language, a sped-up 
Bahan Creole made it difficult for people to understand them. And I don't know if that is any, um, like if it's, if it's any similar to the Creole that is spoken in Louisiana. Like, yeah, like, the but, su- you know how, like, with the, like, Canadian French? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's like, you know their version but yeah creole some people who speak creole i'm just like the fuck did you just say (laughs) if you guys have never seen uh oh god oh god water water boy water boy yes i don't care that's my one of my favorite adam sandler (laughs) yeah the guy the guy that like spoke really fat and nobody can understand like people usually just call it cajun but i think he was like he he would speak like some kind of creole probably it's like (laughs) whoever actor played that he did a pretty damn good job right wasn't it that one guy that like the older guy he's been in so many of his movies adam sandler movies yeah the family's children were the only black children in the community. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 60s, 70s. Oh, yeah. Europe. Yeah. Yeah, all white. Mostly. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All of the children were often ostracized at school. This proved to be traumatic for the twins, eventually causing their school administrators to dismiss them early each day so that they may avoid bullying and that is i mean good on the administrators but like that is fucked up yeah their language became even more idiosyncratic at this time soon it was unintelligible to others their language or their idioglossia qualified as an example of cryptophagia exemplified by the twins simultaneous actions which often mirrored each other The twins became increasingly reserved and eventually spoke to no one except each other and their younger sister, Rose. Uh, The girls continued to attend school, although they refused to read or write. In 1974, a medic administering vaccinations at the school noted their impassive behavior and notified a child psychologist. The twins began seeing a succession of therapists who tried unsuccessfully to get them to communicate with others. Hmm. They were sent to uh, separate boarding schools in an attempt to break their isolation, but the pair became catatonic and entirely withdrawn when parted. Hmm. I mean, well, yeah, take the only person that they talked to, yeah. Mm When they were reunited, the two spent several years isolating themselves in their bedroom, engaged in elaborate plays with dolls. They created many plays and stories in a sort of a soap opera style, yeah. reading some of them out loud on tape as gifts for their sister Rose, inspired by a pair of gift diaries on Christmas 1979, they began their writing careers. They sent away for a mail order course in creative writing and each kept an extensive diary and wrote a number of stories poems and novels set primarily in the united states and particularly in malibu california the stories involve young men and women who exhibit strange and often criminal behavior joan wrote a novel titled The Pepsi-Cola Addict, in which the high school hero is seduced by a teacher, then sent away to a reformatory where a homosexual guard makes a play for him. Oh, my. Yeah. 
The two girls pooled together their unemployment benefits in order to get the novel published by Vanity Press. This is the only accessible work by either of the Gibson sisters, which remained unavailable for purchase and held in only five libraries in the world until October 2022, oh, wow. when it was republished as a limited edition print by Cashin's Gap. What? Cashin's Gap? Yeah. Uh, that's, um, what's his name? Um, Jeff the Talking Mongoose. That's where he's from. What? Yeah. Seriously? Cashin's Gap. It's in Wales. What the fuck? Oh. Holy shit. It will also, uh, be published as a paper back in May 2023 by MIT Press. Their other attempts to publish novels and stories were unsuccessful, although Cashin's Gap is planning future releases by June and Jennifer Gibbs, Gibbons. And Jennifer's the Pugilist, a physician, is so eager to save his child's life that he kills the family dog to obtain its heart for a transplant. I'm sorry. What, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> what? The dog's spirit lives on in the child and ultimately has its revenge against the father. Oh, wow. Jennifer also wrote Discomania, (laughs) the story of a young woman who discovers that the atmosphere of a local disco incites patrons to insane violence. Oh, wow. She followed up with the taxi driver's son, a a radio play called Postman and Postwoman and several short stories. Mm -hmm. June Gibbons is considered to be an outsider writer. Hmm. Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, hell, you write stories like that now, you probably get by with it easily. Well, yeah. I mean, hell, look at what is it? Jordan Peele? God, his movies. His movies are good, man. Yeah. I don't care. They're really, they're fucked up, but they're good. Oh, yeah. Was it Get Out? Yeah. That one's probably the I love us. What the fuck? Yeah. Us was so good. In their later teenage years, the twins began using drugs and alcohol. In 1981, the girls committed a number of crimes, including vandalism, petty theft, and arson, which led to their their being admitted to Broadmoor Hospital, a high-security mental health hospital. The twins were sentenced to indefinite detention under the Mental Health Act in 1983. They remained at Broadmoor for 11 years. June later blamed this lengthy sentence on their selective mutants. Hmm. Juvenile delinquents get two years in prison. We got 12 years of hell because we didn't speak. Wow. Yeah. We lost hope. Really, I wrote a letter to the queen asking her to get us out, but we were trapped. Placed on high doses of antipsychotic medications, they found themselves unable to concentrate. Jennifer apparently developed tardive dyskinesia, a new it's a neurological disorder resulting in voluntary repetitive movements. Mm, yeah. Their medications were apparently adjusted sufficiently to allow them to continue to copious diaries they had begun in 1980, and they were able to join the hospital choir, but they lost most of their interest in creative writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's sad. 
in case the case achieved notoriety due to newspaper coverage by journalist Marjorie Wallace of the Sunday Times. Wallace later wrote a book about the two titled The Silent Twins, published in 1986 by Princess Hall. According to Wallace, the girls had a long-standing standing agreement that if one died, the other must begin to speak and live a normal life. Wow. Yeah. During their stay in the hospital, they began to believe that it was necessary for one of them to die. And after much discussion, Jennifer agreed to make the sacrifice of her life. Yeah. Yeah. What? In March 1993, the twins were transferred from Broadmoor to the more open Caswell Clinic in Bridgend, in Bridgend, Wales. On arrival, Jennifer could not be roused. She was taken to the hospital where she died soon after of acute myocarditis, a sudden inflammation of the heart. Wow. Yeah. There was no evidence of drugs or poison in her system, and her death remains still a mystery. So she just decided to die? Yeah. Like, holy shit. Yeah. At the inquest, June revealed that Jennifer had been acting strangely for about a day before their release. Her speech had been slurring, and she had said that uh, she was dying. On the trip to Caswell, she had slept in June's lap with her eyes open. On a visit a few days later, Wallace recounted that June was in a strange mood. She said, I'm free at last, liberated, and at last Jennifer has given up her life for me. She also described it as a tsunami, washing her of her sins and being freed of her sister. Wow. Yeah. Jennifer was interred in St. Martin's Cemetery, Haverford West, Pembrokeshire, Wales. Oh, hey, at least it's not one of those. Cause, like, some of the words in Wales are like 15 fucking letters long. I know. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> like, you think, like, I'm just saying, you think Haverford West would be two words. No, it's all one word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all one word. <laughs> but uh, after Jennifer's death june gave interviews with harper's bazaar and the guardian by 2008 she was living quietly and independently near her parents in west wales she was no longer monitored by psychiatric services has been accepted by her community and sought to put the past behind her a 2016 interview with her sister greta revealed that the family had been deeply troubled by the girl's incarceration she blamed Broadmoor for ruining their lives and for neglecting Jennifer's health. She had wanted to file a lawsuit against Broadmoor, but Aubrey and Gloria refused, saying it would not bring Jennifer back. Thanks for listening to The Creep Show Chronicles. If you'd like to contact us or give us recommendations, you can email us, thecreepshow18 at gmail.com. Creep us on social media. All of our info is on our link tree at The Creep Show Chronicles. Be sure to share our show so we can grow our audience. Stay creepy. Bye.